Hello and welcome to the Fossil Huntress podcast. Today I'm going to fly you over the earth, over North America, and then zoom down into the western United States to the state of Nevada. Nevada is a wonderful place to go fossil collecting. Back in the Triassic, 290 to 210 million years ago, massive marine reptiles, the ichthyosaurs, hunted fish and ammonites in a shallow sea that blanketed what would become Nevada today. We find abundant remains of these amazing marine reptiles, fully articulated skeletons in places like the ghost town of Berlin in southwest Nevada and in the Humboldt Mountains at Fossil Hill. So fully articulated specimens that you literally walk over one and the other. In Berlin, Berlin Ichthyosaur State Park. They've found more than 37 complete specimens and you can go there. They've built a housing platform over them so that you can look and see the fossils embedded in the earth. And they've got an interpreter there who can walk you through the story of how they came to be there today. As well as ichthyosaurs and beautiful ammonoids, paleontologists have also uncovered the remains of mammoths, giant sloth, ancient horses, bison, American lions, and many other interesting species that walked the earth in Nevada thousands of years ago. And these, these later remains um, were in Nevada after that shallow sea had dried up. In the early 2000s, as part of a series of joint UBC, VIPS, and VANPS fossil field excursions, I had the very great pleasure of walking through British Columbia's Triassic outcrops. And years later, and fueled by seeing paper after paper correlating the fossil assemblages of BC to those of Nevada, I had the very great pleasure again of walking through the Nevada strata with John Pham from the VanPS and Dan Bowen and Betty Franklin from the VIPS. And we were able to witness firsthand the correlation between the Nevada fauna and those from the Triassic of British Columbia. The quality of preservation at localities like Fossil Hill in the Humboldt Mountains of Nevada, and which is arguably the most important locality for Middle Triassic um, outcrops of North America is truly outstanding. So picture barren hillsides with scrub, so low rolling hills, no trees that you have to dig through. Um, you're picking into the dirt and picking into the bedrock. As you walk over the hill, you pick up loose Triassic ammonoids, so they're in a, a, a dark black shiny matrix and the preservation is just outstanding. And then when you dig through the layers, you see a correlation. So the Nirvana, the Nevada faunal assemblages are a lovely match to what we have in BC. And aside from sheer beauty and spectacular preservation, the ammonoids and belemnites are tucked cozily in amongst ichthyosaur remains. In the early 1980s, Tim Tozer of the Geologic Survey of Canada 
was looking at the spread of marine invertebrate fauna across the Triassic across North America. So he was interested in the marine faunas from Southern Alaska, Yukon, all the way down to Mexico to figure out how those pieces fit together. Tozer's interest in our marine invertebrate friends was mostly around their distribution. So how and when did certain species migrate? Where did they cluster? How did they evolve? And for those that were prolific, how could their occurrence or their significance help us understand plate tectonics and the forming of North America? While Tozer was looking at the Triassic from Alaska and Canada heading down, heading south, J.P. Smith and N.J. Siberling were looking at the Triassic from, southern, um, from the southern U.S. looking north. And together, when we take the body of their work, we piece together a lifelong puzzle that unravels um, the Triassic faunas and where they started and what was their significance and how they moved about on the North American plate. And so when I was in Nevada last fall, so I went there in October and I highly recommend um, October as a month to visit for ideal temperature, although it is uh, tarantula breeding season, I discovered. But I was able to read those papers and then walk through the strata and see their work live. So as I walked through, I was able to see the faunal sequences one after another and really understand the Triassic in a whole new way. One of the most wonderful sites you can go visit in Nevada is Berlin Ichthyosaur State Park. So it's in central Nevada and it's late Triassic. So it's a, an important locality for our understanding of the Carnian-Norian boundary in North America. It's widely known as one of the most important ichthyosaur fossil lagerstadt because of the sheer volume of remarkably well-preserved, fully articulated specimens of Shonisaurus popularis. So picture um, the length of your house, or half the length of your house, certainly the length of your living room. So these are perfect, perfect um, ichthyosaurs, all uh, bedded up together, and they built a great big housing platform over top of them. And you can see the ichthyosaurs, and if you go to their little interpretive center, you can see um, the rich ammonoid faunas that outcrop in the upper Triassic, early Norian carry zones. We see them, um, some of the same species that we see in British Columbia. The fossil bones you see at Berlin Ichthyosaur are massive. So these, these beasties had vertebra over a foot wide and weighing in at almost 10 kilograms or 21 pounds. Way back in the day, one of the first researchers to recognize the Nevada fossil specimens as ichthyosaurs was Simon Mueller of Stanford University. So he'd had uh, access to some of this material and he shared it with the University of California, um, their Museum of Paleontology at Berkeley. And not much happened for the longest time. So it was almost a quarter of a century after M Muller's initial reports that Dr. Charles Camp from UCMP received a letter from a lovely Mrs. Margaret Wheat of Fallon 
And she wrote to Camp in September of 1928 saying that she'd been giving the Cory section a good sweep, as you do, and um, uncovered a nice aligned section of vertebra with her broom. So the following year, uh, Charles Camp went out to survey the finds and began working on the specimens. So he did his first of many field seasons starting in about 1954. Now, while folk in the UK were fully on board for what an ichthyosaur was, and they had this, you know, Mary Anning and She Sells Seashells and Dr. Richard Owen, who had published on them in the 1840s, almost a, a century later, back in the 1950s, these large marine reptiles were not well known as a concept to the local folk in Nevada. They saw them as marine monsters. And so there was all sorts of excitement and interesting newspaper articles as these big vertebrae were unearthed. Four of the specimens were fully excavated by camp and most of the ichthyosaur bones were left in situ, partially because the work was tremendously difficult and partially to allow others to see how the specimens were laid down over 200 million years ago. Camp continued his work at the site and he brought on folks like Wheat and Sam Wells and a host of students to help with the excavations. The team understood the need for protection at the site and so they canvassed the Nevada legislature to establish the Ichthyosaur Paleontological State Monument, which later became the Berlin Ichthyosaur State Park. So in 1957, the site was incorporated as a state park. And 20 years later in 1977, the population of Nevada weighed in and they designated Shonisaurus popularis as the state fossil of Nevada. I do hope you get to visit the fossil exposures in Nevada. For our trip, we flew into Reno and then went to Fossil Hill to see the Middle Triassic section. So this was low scrub country and um, done in a four by four, but I would recommend one with a higher wheelbase because um, turning around on those narrow roads, those trackways did a number on that vehicle. From there, we went over to Favreau Canyon, again, Middle Triassic, and then along to McCoy Mine and South Canyon, also Middle Triassic, and then down around to Westgate to explore the early Jurassic, then over to Berlin Ichthyosaur State Park to explore the late Triassic, and then over to back to New York Canyon and Ferguson Hills, so late Triassic and early Jurassic. And looking at the fossil specimens from here, I did up a little video and I have a, um, a photo album on the Fossil Hunters page so you can see just beautiful rock, beautiful country, red rock, big flowing hills, um, sky for miles. So there's no trees, it's big open country. It's at a bit of an elevation, so um, you'll feel it if you generally live at sea level when you hike up a little bit, so it's not huge elevation, um, but just beautiful country. We saw um, bighorn sheep, um, tarantulas. I didn't see a cougar, but I saw the, the paw prints. 
Um, we also went to five card draw um, and some of the other uh, early Jurassic sites. So hopefully you have a chance to visit this beautiful state and see some of these beautiful fossils. Um, you might also want to check out some of the younger uh, fossil exposures. So Tool Springs Fossil, uh, fossil Beds National Monument has um, uh, uh, fossil abundance that's several thousand years old. So it's mammoth central. So it's, it's, it's a sheer abundance of Columbia mammoth fossils. And some of these massive mammals weigh in a 10 ton. So these were big, big beasts with great big tusks that could grow 16 feet in length. So hopefully you'll have a chance to visit some of these beds. And um, if you do, please share those photos with me because I would love to see them. So thanks for listening.